G'day, welcome to the Wood Fired Oven Podcast, where I take a deep dive into the techniques, recipes, and history of wood fired oven cooking. My name is Mark, an obsessed and somewhat curious fan of outdoor cooking, especially with my wood fired oven. Follow my podcast in your favorite app and listen in as I go searching for the best recipes, tips, and advice to both supercharge our cooking skills and motivate you to light up your favorite outdoor cooking gear this weekend. There once lived a poor tailor who had a son called Aladdin, a careless idle boy who would do nothing but play all day long in the streets with other little idle boys just like himself. This so grieved the father that he died, yet In spite of his mother's tears and prayers, Aladdin did not mend his ways. One day, when he was playing in the streets as usual, a stranger asked him his age and if he were not the son of Mustafa the tailor. I am, sir, replied Aladdin, but he died a long time ago. On this, the stranger, who was a famous African magician, fell on his neck and kissed him, saying, I am your uncle and knew you from your likeness to my brother. Go tell your mother and tell her, I'm coming. (laughs) These are the opening words of the famous ancient tale of Aladdin's wonderful lamp from A Thousand and One Nights. A tale so steeped in history, as is the subject of today's show, the Tajin, which was first committed to the written word back in the 8th century in the writings of A Thousand and One Nights or as you may know it, Arabian Nights, but a little more on this later. In this week's episode, we're taking a deep dive into cooking with a tagine in the wood-fired oven, and maybe just a little sprinkling of the history of this unique cooking vessel. So the tagine, well, weirdly means two things, both a dish to cook in, and the name of the slow-cooked food or stew made actually in the tagine. The tagine as a dish, I think, is perfectly positioned as ideal cookware for the wood-fired oven, where the gorgeous dry heat of the oven perfectly surrounds the traditional conical-shaped lid, enveloping the dish evenly from all sides uh, off the dome. Now, I'm presuming you know what a tagine is, but if not, it refers to this unique type of North African cookware, which includes a bottom dish to hold the food and a conical-shaped lid. And it has a handle on top of this lid uh, that you can open and close the dish. The lid is unique in that it traps the moisture during cooking. And the shape of the lid, uh, I think, allows an awful lot of this moisture to be retained surrounding the top of the food. And it helps to return this moisture back uh, to the bottom dish, back into the food. This keeps the food delicious succulent and and moist. And that means that not a lot of moisture actually is needed to cook a dish in the tagine. Maybe uh, this was one of its early benefits in drier, arid North African lands where water may have been scarce. It's possible. Great cookware, I think, for those long, juicy, succulent, flavor-filled stews. Something that I think uh, does exceptionally well uh, in a wood-fired oven, I think. So typically there are two types of tagines. Uh, there's a glazed and an unglazed uh, version. A lot of tagines that you see in the shops are glazed. 
full of paint, uh, colours vibrant and they're lovely. Uh, some of them, however, are simply for serving, not cooking. So if you can only get your hands on a glazed tagine, make sure it is suitable for cooking. A lot of cooks, though, prefer the unglazed, more natural tagines. This is where I think these cooking vessels really, really shine. Now, I've got two Moroccan-made, unglazed, handmade tagines, which I use a lot in the wood-fired oven. Take a look at woodfiredoven.cooking for a few pictures of the ones that I have. I was able to get these direct from a North African importer a couple of years ago. It's, uh, it's lovely to have these uh, original pieces. Uh, they're a piece of artwork, I think, really, too. There are imprints of the maker's uh, fingers as they have worked the clay into the shapes. And that's just lovely. It tells a wonderful story, I think, of the tagine maker uh, on the other side of the world to me. So these are made with uh, Moroccan clay and they produce a unique earthy smell while cooking and a subtle earthy taste to the finished dish. That's why a lot of cooks prefer to use unglazed natural clay tagines. You won't get those same unique flavours coming into the food from a glazed tagine, I don't think. I've experimented a lot with my tagines in the wood-fired oven. One of my favourite meals I like to make is a gorgeous slow-cooked lamb tagine with uh, aubergine and vine-ripened tomatoes, served with uh, fluffy couscous and flatbreads, which uh, I also make in the wood-fired oven uh, during the cook. Uh, I have a link in the show notes uh, to the recipe if you're interested. I use lamb shoulder in this particular tagine dish, trimmed and cut into chunks, which really benefits from being slow-cooked. I think the shoulder cut is the best part of the animal for this type of dish. It's a little bit fattier and really does benefit from those longer cooking times. The shoulder muscle, well, it's a hard-working part of the animal. Cooking slow will release these wonderful flavors in the muscle fats, softening the meat, allowing the shoulder meat to become rich, juicy, and tender. As the moisture gets trapped in the cone during the cook, I have found I can keep the wood-fired oven pretty hot during the cooking cycle. I usually keep a flame going when I cook the tagine. Yeah, look... I know, you could cook the tagine in the retained heat with no flame, but surely it's more fun and certainly more versatile, I think, to cook while there is flame. I often cook broccolini, leeks, hay-smoked tomatoes to accompany the dish, and it's nice to have embers and flame to do that work. During the cook, I usually bake the Moroccan flatbreads on the brick floor in the oven, uh, interestingly, these are made from wholemeal flour and semolina and makes a delicious, strong, but spongy bread to pull apart and to mop up the lamb tagine. Just beautiful. As you may have guessed from the uh, introduction, the tagine has an interesting history, actually. It first appeared in our written record in the 9th century in the well-known publication The Thousand and One Nights, and that's a, a huge collection of Middle Eastern folktales many of which you would have heard of, uh, which was originally compiled in, in Arabic. In the English-speaking world, it's often referred to as Arabian Nights. And you've probably heard of Aladdin's Wonderful Lamp, uh, the beginning of which we heard earlier, uh, Ali Baba and the Forty Thieves. Uh, these stories were later added to the collection, but possibly may not have been included in the original volumes. The Seven Voyages of Sinbad the Sailor, which you may also know is attributed to A Thousand and One Nights. So while researching this episode, I downloaded a few of the volumes, uh, and they're quite large, of A Thousand and One Nights, to search for the historical references with cooking with a tagine, uh, or cooking in tagine style. 
I couldn't actually find the references uh, after a, a, a fair amount of time searching, but scholars far smarter than me uh, do say that it appears in multiple sources throughout the volumes, which is, uh, I think, just fantastic. It's uh, clearly steeped in history there. Look, if you know where to look for the references, if you know where they are, uh, please drop me a note. I would appreciate a bit of crowdsourcing on this. So we know that most likely these types of vessels, the tagines, were in use around the 9th century. It's widely accepted that the tagine was in use during the rule of a Harun al-Rashid ruler of the Islamic Empire in uh, the 8th century. If you enjoy a bit of history like I do, if you hadn't guessed, you might be interested to know that it's quite possible that the Roman occupation of Northern Africa over 2,000 years ago, about 1,000 years before 1,001 Nights was written, contributed to these types of cooking vessels. The Romans enjoyed cooking in ceramic dishes and in other portable cooking vessels too. It's possible they brought this tradition to North Africa. However, I don't know. The Romans were perhaps history's greatest plagiarists, copying all sorts of things they discovered on their travels. So maybe it was the North African cookware traditions that were absorbed into the Roman Empire. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, when we cook with a tagine, it has a very, very, very long history. And when coupled with cooking in a brick oven, that history is fused and is pretty rich, a little bit like the food it produces, which, well, for me, I, I think it adds enormously to the romance, to the intrigue of incorporating these two ancient cooking styles. So if it was good enough for Aladdin, for Sinbad the Sailor to eat from these types of dishes, it's certainly good enough for me. I get to use some delightfully subtle spices when cooking in the tagine, including saffron. I'm sure you've all used saffron. I often make up saffron water for inclusion in a few of the tagine dishes I make. I use a small uh, Spanish uh, quezuela dish in the wood-fired oven to gently warm the delicate saffron just until it starts to smoke. I then add a cup or so of water and simmer uh, for a few minutes. Uh, this turns the water a beautiful, uh, pale, orangey, yellowish color, and it smells just divine. The saffron water really is delicious. What doesn't get used in the tagine that night gets poured into um, ice cube containers and popped into the freezer for later use. Having a ready supply of saffron water is really helpful when cooking, and you can add it to heaps and heaps of different dishes. Saffron is expensive. Really, really expensive, so don't burn it when dry roasting. In fact, it has been the most expensive spice by weight for many, many, many years. Get this, it's about, yeah, ranges on the open markets, but it's about five to seven thousand US dollars a kilo. Ah, uh, yep. I know what you're thinking, kind of understandable when you appreciate, though, that it takes just under half a million saffron stigmas per kilo. It varies a little bit, but give or take, that's about what it is. That works out to be about 150,000 crocus flowers per kilo. Now, guess how many hours of labor is needed to pick that by hand? Yeah, well, it's about 40 hours. So 40 hours per kilo? That's a whole working week for one kilo of saffron. Crazy. In Australia, gorgeous locally produced saffron, it costs about fifty to $60,000 a kilo, which, uh, yeah, get this, is about the same price for a kilo of gold. 
which is amazing. So my takeout here is not to burn saffron when dry roasting in the wood-fired oven like I did just one time. To be fair, I thought it would take longer to dry roast. So uh, I went and poured a glass of beautiful South Australian Shiraz. Uh, Only took a minute or so. When I wandered back to the oven, boom, it was burnt. Terrible. Anyway, lesson learned. Saffron is gorgeous. It has these overtones of hay and earthy notes. Gorgeous, unique flavors. Anyway, back to the tagine. You need to season a new tagine with oil, and that helps to protect the clay. And it is also important if you're using one over a stove with direct heat off the flame to use a heat diffuser. Uh, I've used mine over the stove a, a lot. Uh, so I needed to hunt out a small square diffuser. Can't remember where I got it from. It did take a little while to hunt one out. And like I say, it's it's to diffuse that heat coming off the direct flame, avoids uh, cracking and damaging the tagine. These days, though, for me, I just use it uh, in the wood-fired oven now, and it lives perfectly happy directly on the hot brick oven floor. Something unusual happens as the unglazed clay dome lid heats up. The clay dome changes pitch. When it is tapped, which is a bit weird, uh, it becomes much more treble in sound and it almost seems to take quite a new personality. And okay, look, yeah, sounds a bit strange, but try it yourself and see what uh, you'll see what I mean. <laughs> Some interesting interaction with high heat and fired clay. I don't know. It's uh, if you know, let me know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty neat actually, but it does seem to prefer its life uh, living hot. I've got a future episode. That's getting planned now for cooking with the tagine in the wood-fired oven, so stay tuned for that. Uh, That's still to come. Sinbad the sailor from 1001 Nights sailed seven voyages uh, over the oceans, having fantastic adventures, really. I'm sure he experienced some of the greatest magical food during these times, probably from cooking in vessels just like the tagine, which kind of resembles a genie's lamp, if you think about it. (laughs) Aladdin was on it quite nice to cook in these historic dishes, knowing we are certainly not the first nor the last to experiment with these magical and adventurous flavours of Persia and the northern African regions of this world. Thanks for listening, and thanks too for all the positive comments uh, I've been receiving about uh, the new podcast. Your support is hugely appreciated. Keep the comments coming and stay listening. Thanks so very much. Stay safe, have fun, and go cook with fire. If you've enjoyed this episode, please make sure you follow the Wood Fight Oven podcast and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. Please consider posting a review on Apple Podcasts, as this really helps the show. Don't forget to check out woodfightoven.cooking for more tips, tricks, and advice on cooking with fire. You can also see full episode notes and links. You can also post a question which I may feature on the show. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, so head over to your favorite social platform and get in touch. Thanks again for listening. Catch you next time.